it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh! for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. And it's a podcast-only edition, but it is still ladies' night on the Buckeye Show. How I always remember Thursday nights. The only way they should be for the ladies. Guys are welcome, too. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up here. We have the Gavit games that are tipping off tonight. Well, really, the Gavit games are coming to a close, but that's when Ohio State plays. So that's really the one that we care about. The Buckeyes taking on Xavier on the basketball court. The biggest test in the young season. You're only three games in. It's usually how it goes. But, I mean, Ohio State basketball has started off with a bang here recently where they played Cincinnati to start two seasons in a row. Those are both wins. That trip to Cincinnati was successful, so hopefully it happens here. I will, I I guess I'll get to this right off the top because I want to get people up to speed on what went on out at, uh, I guess not really the press conference. You had the Ryan Day lightning round. There isn't really a whole much to report from there. Ryan Day's radio show. It's fun things to listen to. I thought we would play our little game too because it is Thursday. People like to use that term throwback Thursday. And I, I realized I said I was going to do something on every Buckeye show. You you guys got to call me out on these things. When I say I'm going to do something, when I think that I've found like a little segment, or maybe even if it's not a full segment, but playing some of our old sound in our audio system in the dad, going back and finding the oldest piece of Buckeye sound that hasn't been recorded over yet. And just seeing what it is and just listening to it and reacting I don't have a name for it yet, but I'm going to do I'm going to do that because I found some running back sound all the way back from August. And I just want to listen to what Travion Henderson's thoughts were back on August 18th, when I think most of us projected and knew he was going to play a whole lot of football and maybe even be the starter. You know what? I think maybe back then. We kind of knew Travion Henderson was going to do about this. <laughs> I, I didn't quite know where I was going with that, but I think Travion Henderson is one of those cases where he was so elite on the recruiting trail with what uh, with what you saw on film, even taking a year off high school football. And I think that's really incredible. I don't know how many guys like him there could be where you're so confident, especially at a place where it's all about running the football. You have a guy in Master Teague who... I guess let's face it, in in fairness, he did the job. He did more than you could have asked as a backup running back rushing for, what was it, damn near 1,000 yards. And, you know, he had some injury issues. We loved his rushing style. He seemed, He's a big, tough, physical back that can take on contact and always move the pile and fall forward. We love him for that. But when you looked at the running back room and Trey Sermon heading on to the NFL – you knew this was going to be an opportunity for Travion Henderson. It's just, I don't know if you could ever really know until you see it. And now you've seen it from him. And for those of us after that almost 300 yard rushing game did think that this could be one of the all time great running backs in school history. When you give him three seasons, three healthy seasons to compile some stats, maybe he will be right up there at the top of even some of the great ones who played four years and we're mainly looking at Archie Griffin when you look at the top of running backs 
in Ohio State history. There's a chance he can get that. He's already at 1,035 yards, Travion Henderson is. So I'll let you hear from some of him. We mentioned Buckeye basketball, and we mentioned the Ryan Day radio show today and just some of the little nuggets that we got to look at leading into Saturday's big game against Michigan State. We did have a caller on our Wednesday, November 17th show when we did a little midweek Buckeye Leaves segment, and he brought up the statistics for all three of our standout wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who leads them. Surprised, not surprised. He's he's that talented. I stand by what I said. It's clear and obvious he's getting some extra room to operate because Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are so good, and the book was out on them, but... I stand firm in that Jackson Smith and Jigba is worthy of those statistics. You can't just throw some idiot out there and he's going to have 59 catches for 1,027 yards and five touchdowns. And his yard per catch is 17.4. This guy is an elite route runner and he has elite hands, very good speed. He can break some tackles. He's got a juke stick button. He's really everything that you could hope for in a wide receiver. You're going to watch this guy blossom. And Garrett Wilson's at 813 yards. Chris Olave's at 708 yards. I wonder if our guy Michael Bassford at Ohio State was listening to the show because to uh, to our caller's delight last night on Buckeye Leaves, I've got an in-depth press release from Ohio State football that's titled Buckeye Receivers on Pace to Enter Rare College Football Air. I love it, man. This is great. Michael, thank you so much for putting this out. We were wrong about there never being any college football team to boast three 1,000-yard receivers. And when I look at this, it's all from the years of 2003 to 2013. And some of the teams and the offenses that run make you sit back and say, ah, okay, should have thought of that. I wouldn't have bet my life on it that there had never been three 1,000-yard receivers because of some of the aerial attacks that have existed. I mean, you've had programs like Hawaii, right? You've had the uh, Bear Raid offense, right, out there at Cal. You have had Texas Tech and Mike Leach and those offenses that he ran, where it was basically just drop back and throw it 60 to 70 to 75 times. I think Drew Brees at Purdue even go back to some of those Boilermaker offenses where they were throwing it 60, 65 times a game and still are, right? They're all over the place and Michael Bassford compiled these. Here are the FBS teams with three 1,000-yard receivers. And Ohio State, I really do think they're going to get it. I really, really do believe that's going to happen. You only need, I mean, Garrett Wilson is a given to get it. And it would be a damn shame if Chris Olave, because I do think he is the best one. I think he is the best overall, most NFL guy on this team. I, I just think everything that he does how he showed what an all-around football player he is in a special team standpoint, and then how that just translated to him being an elite wide receiver. With The, the, the thing with, with Olave, by the way, that impresses me the most is his body control. He always seems to know where he is on the field. And I love to see college receivers get the two-tap practice as if they're auditioning for the NFL. Why only put one foot down when you have time to put two feet down? Put that tape together. You know where you're going after college football. Forget about this one foot stuff. Get both feet down. I kind of wish that they adopted that rule in college football as well. I don't know about you guys, but it just seems 
and we never really sit back and talk about rules together and what we would change. That would be one of them. And, and I know, like you would say, it would take away some of the offense because the guys aren't as good. I just feel that's more football, though. Getting, having, just standing on one foot while your other foot's just swinging out wide, it doesn't really, to me, feel like it's a total catch. And I know, I think while we're talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba, that might even take away, I think, was that his first? That first touchdown catch that he had last season? where he gets the one foot in right before the left one hits the chalk out of bounds or hits the paint out of bounds. Maybe so. That's just one thing though. I think Olave is absolutely elite at that. So the teams with a thousand with three, 1000 yard receivers, Texas tech in 2003, Wes Welker was actually one of those guys. Probably the only one that you've heard of there. Tulsa in 2007, you haven't heard of any of them. Charles clay. Was he a guy that was a tight end in the NFL? One of those Tulsa guys, Hawaii in 2007, Devon Bess was one of those guys for the Rainbow Warriors, Houston in 2009, not familiar with James Cleveland, Tyron Carrier, or Patrick Edwards, and Fresno State in 2013, very familiar with Devontae Adams, <laughs> 1,718 yards. So there you go. Those are the only programs that have done that, Ohio State in this Holy Trinity. They're like rush. Yeah. That's I think a rush Buckeye football receivers, the Holy Trinity slap the bass man, two feet in bounds, slap it to base. They're going to get this thing done. I really do. Just reading a little bit from the, from the release here. So you have all the information that I do. It took Jackson Smith and Jigba 10 games to accomplish what only five other wide receivers had done in the 131 year history of Ohio state football. That's a hell of an opening, right? Wow. <laughs> Let that sink in. You know that the passing game is different. That's a but still, right? You'd insert the words, but still. That I don't care what you said. Only five other wide receivers have ever done it in the history of Ohio State football. And it took them only 10 games to do it. We, it's not like the year 2000 was last year. Like we have sort of been in modern times for a while now. And we've had some great elite athletic players roll through here. So that is still one impressive stat. And it goes on to say soon. However, he figures to have company in the group of players to reach 1000 receiving yards because Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, they've got reservations in the exclusive club Empowered by the nation's most explosive offense, they figure to be in there sooner rather than later. Smith and Jigba, the youngest player in the group, is a true sophomore, first-year starter. Leads and receptions, 59 receiving yards. We mentioned that, 1,027 yards per catch. We mentioned that. And in the last two weeks, video game-type numbers, 24 catches, 379 yards, and two touchdowns. Wilson and Olave, they each have over 50 receptions and figure to surpass the 1,000-yard receiving mark in the next two to four weeks. I know that's a, that's a if. It's not a guarantee. I think they're going to do it. Later on here, it says, what makes the 2021 version of the Buckeyes different, though, is how they've compiled the yardage. Maybe more specifically, how many are getting a piece of the pie? Ohio State is on pace to have a 4,000-yard passer, 3,000-yard receivers, and a 1,000-yard rusher. This balance and this high-powered offense, it's almost unmatched. In fact, of the five teams previously to have three 1,000-yard receivers, or all five of them there, only one, Fresno State in 07, had a 1,000-yard rusher. 
So this is all, that's some interesting stuff. Michael Basford, who works with Jerry Emig in the Ohio State football media relations department. Great guy. They're all fantastic out there. They really are. You don't really talk a lot of behind the scenes stuff with how that works, but they're, they're such friendly individuals. And Jerry even has started to, he will help the show for doing some non-football things because he's such a senior guy in the Ohio State athletics department. And he's, he's technically a bit of an athletics director himself. So he's he's very gracious and uh, guess that he will slide to us and the football the the access for the players and the coaches with Ohio State is is really unparalleled. It really is like the the amount of time that they put them up on the podium when you talk about you know a press conference, post game press conferences, start off the week press conference, radio show lightning around after that. And really it's the off season too. Like that's the thing that separates it. It's how available all of their football players are all throughout the off season. So if you ever have anything you need to ask or have answered, you're always going to get it done. One of the things I want to uh, try to do a little bit more of on this show is to get some of the guys on for just classical radio interviews. I think you guys would like that. And we could get a little bit more personality based, Talk about who these guys are about. Of course, get some football done. Of course, we're going to talk some football. But do do some of the other fun stuff where we can get to know these guys. Ask Travion Henderson about that tweet that I had, Adam. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I we were doing a on-the-trail segment where we get you guys caught up in everything recruiting-wise with the Buckeyes. And they weren't even my words. That's what it was. Somebody had you know, pulled something from Travion Henderson asking about, you know, NFL comparisons who he's trying to mimic or model his game after. No, like, nothing nothing bad or anything like that. And Christian McCaffrey was being thrown around. And I, I don't even remember what I wrote if it was a simple retweet and said, like, oh, boy, like, we've got a CMC 2.0 coming out to Columbus because that's what it said in this article about Travion Henderson. And Travion... I remember responding to my tweet and people were kind of talking to me afterwards saying, oh, Travion doesn't like you. And I'm like, wait, what? Travion doesn't like me. What did I do? I just retweeted something and said something nice. Like, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is one of the great ones that the NFL has ever seen. You know, first three years of a career receiving, rushing, like everything you could do. And Travion said something to the extent of, I'm just trying to be Travion Henderson. I'm like, well, how can you hate that? Right. There's only one me, one Travion Henderson. Yeah, he says that. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. That's good. That's fine. I I hope you just want to be you. There's only one Travion. And look, right now, it's starting to be that way. I also don't think like being compared to someone who is ridiculously elite is a bad thing. You can kind of uh, take some pride in something like that. But, man, I, I got to tell you, and I'm going to take a quick breather here which to you will be zero seconds long just so I can get a couple of things ready for the next segment. It, really what that means is I want to go play basketball with Common Man because they're going to take a break in their show and that Papa Shop machine is just, it's lonely. It's out there doing nothing. There's nobody here today. That's the other thing. I'm, I'm here in the office today on a, on a Thursday afternoon. Nobody is here. It's just me out there doing Afternoon updates, getting ready for warm-up coverage for Buckeye Hoops, and nobody else. 
But a couple more thoughts on the Michigan State game coming up and Travion Henderson matching up with one of the other best running backs in America. A couple nuggets from Ryan Day and a couple nuggets from Chris Holtman and my thoughts on Justice Suing and this situation with his injury. So again, zero second break. Very, very short. I'll see you in zero seconds. Where every segment is another Buckeye surprise. You've got the Buckeye Show. Yes, you do. Podcast only. And I really do appreciate it. We had a fan. We had a listener who left a little review on our uh, Apple podcast page. Please download the Buckeye Show and get the pods everywhere you listen to your audio. And if you're on Apple there, we really would appreciate a five-star rating and a nice little review. And someone said, got to have my podcasts whenever there isn't a show. So again, like I'm going to try to do that. I need to be better about that. We had a couple of Monday, Tuesdays here this past week where I was really busy and I would have uh, loved to get into the booth here and give you at least something, even if it's 15 to 20 to 30 minutes, just something that you can pop on the phone and get some Buckeye content to help your week go by a little bit more. I will do that. Uh, By the way, that bump back for all of you Dave Matthews Band fans, I haven't really talked about Dave in a while. I was a bit upset a couple weeks ago. DMB was here at Nationwide Arena. And I had just come off of two concerts. I took my kid to two of the 21 Pilots shows at Nationwide. They were great, by the way. And I didn't, I am more a 21 Pilots fan because that's the kind of music my son listens to and he loves it. I have become a fan. And the show that 21 Pilots put on, I'll tell you this. It's not just guys up there playing their instruments. It is a big production. I can see how they have done wonders with the money that they have made from becoming mainstream and becoming big. Their show was phenomenal. But right after that, my all-time favorite, first show I ever went to, my dad, when I was in between fifth grade and sixth grade, I guess, took me to our pavilion up in Northern Virginia. My first concert ever was Dave Matthews Band. It was right after the album Crash came out. And I'll remember the reason I got into them because remember when you had the CD mail clubs? I think it was Columbia House or something. You paid a little bit for the first few, and then you got that whopper of a deal where you got like 10 CDs for 10 bucks on the back end. You probably wound up paying the same damn price as you would going into a Tower Records, but you needed that deal on the back end. And Under the Table and Dreaming, one of their first, I think their first studio album, came in one of the lists. And my dad had his awesome sound system set up. He had his speakers, his tower speakers that he had in college when he was a student at Purdue. And he still had those in the basement. And we had the receiver. We had the separate CD player. We had the separate album. Everything was wired into the receiver after the speakers going out, like, you know, outside the entertainment center, right? So we would just listen to that thing. And I don't know, something about the the first couple tracks on that Under the Table and Dreaming album just hooked me, and they got me. And people, hardcore Dave fans, they know that bump back. That's from one of their recent albums, and the name of the song is She. And I have I have loved Dave's newer music, too. I, I like how stylistically it changes a little bit throughout the years. I enjoy their new stuff. Just as I do their old stuff, there are certain songs they cannot play at the concert, and I'm okay with it. Like, if I don't get ants marching at a concert, I understand. 
They've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs and lots of albums now that they're going to swing around and play. And I like how they can get a little electric sounding. They bring Tim Reynolds into the band full time. He's just one of the nastiest guitar players out there. Carter Beaufort on the drums, one of the great percussionists. So, so there you go. So back to the Buckeyes, though. I mentioned uh, Travion Henderson and the running back matchup. It's, it's all going to be centered on Kenneth Walker, but honest to God, looking at Travion Henderson right now and where he is, over 1,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, the, the stats things that we have going, we talked in depth about the wide receivers. I think the other thing to watch here is Travion Henderson and his touchdown number. The, the fact that he's at 17 touchdowns right now, that's a guy. That's knocking down records there. And I already would put him, I would already put all my chips into the middle of the table. Non-quarterbacks in Ohio State history, Pete Johnson, 56 touchdowns. We've got potentially Michigan State, Michigan, Big Ten Championship, semifinal, national championship, five more games possibly. He's at 17 touchdowns. It's not crazy to think that Travion gets to 25 touchdowns in his first year. I would love to see it. I think that would be really cool. Let's let's go back, though. Go down our, our sound page to some of the oldest Buckeye sound in our audio system that hasn't been recorded over. And look at this. August 18th, we're looking at Travion Henderson, who's rolling through camp. He's trying to stand out in a room of five running backs. Steel Chambers, I guess, was still kind of in the running back room or maybe on his way out at that point in time. All about competing stuff like that getting better each and every day you can't take no day off you can't waste a day because you waste a day that next running back he he's not wasting a day he's trying to get better yep exactly and no you would you would have said uh crowley steel chambers was out of the mix there evan pryor travion henderson crowley mayan williams and master teague there you go another quick one i think travion was was more of a man of few words back then as you just i get it too like when when you're dealing with the media and it's new to you your persona, your personality. I just know that from just jumping into this as a career. You've heard my you, you've heard my famous question to Jim Tressel on one of my bad days, one of my poorest days in the biz when I was just sort of getting more and more on-air opportunities at my first full-time gig in Raleigh, North Carolina. The, oh, uh, uh, Jim Tressel, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Archie Griffin, Beanie Wells. I, I couldn't even form a, a thought trying to ask a question to Jim Tressel about Tim Tebow possibly getting back-to-back Heisman trophies, and wouldn't it be cool if Beanie Wells could maybe give the stiff arm to Tim Tebow and make it so Ohio State remains the only school with two Heisman Trophy winners? Or with You see, I'm screwing myself up again. It was a, just a bad, bad idea to ask a question that confusing. But Travion Henderson again here talking about setting the bar high. Got a lot of expectations for myself. I got big expectations. I don't, I don't want to put that out there, but I got big expectations for myself. I, I remember that one now. I remember playing that one on the show back then. Big expectations. Really wouldn't go into that. Kind of smiles. Setting the bar pretty high. Big expectations. I want to know what that is. Next time we get a hold of Travion Henderson, we're going to find out exactly what that was, what those expectations were. And there was a time back then when it was Mayan Williams, remember? I mean, Mayan got the big start here and – we're looking at him, and even right now, he's got 58 carries, 435 yards. That's a seven and a half per carry. Mayan Williams has a better yard per carry than Travion Henderson, if you could even believe that. But he's been in and out with injuries or COVID, possibly. We don't know. They, they, they're tight-lipped on everything when a guy is out. But there was that time early on where it seemed to be Mayan Williams. He was getting those first-team reps, and he shot himself out of a cannon earlier in the season as well. 
and has had some great performances. Mayan Williams, I'm trying to pull his game log up as we as we speak. It was the Minnesota game where he had nine carries, only nine for 125 yards. And he was pretty good against Oregon too, but you're only going to remember the defeat there. And then it's just a big Mayan Williams sandwich. First game and the last game. 14 carries for 117 yards against Purdue just last week. He showed you again what he could do. So there's some of the old sound there. And again, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State, one of the best in the country. But I would take Travion Henderson over Kenneth Walker every single time. That's that's just what it's all about. It, of course, was a Ryan Day radio show Thursday. And I said you get to hear a couple from him. So here we go. I like this one. This is something that Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman Row, he pointed out one of these uh, recent press conferences that he's taken a page out of the Brian Hartline book and using the iPhone reference. I don't know if this is from Ted Lasso. I watched all Ted Lasso, the Ted Lasso thing. There's a million of them and they use a lot of Apple and iPhone because it's Apple TV and they're, they're in your face about it. The goldfish is the big reference that I remember. And I actually heard Purdue's broadcasters when I was listening to the radio call of their win against Michigan state. One of their guys used a uh, little Ted Lasso goldfish goldfish reference. And I got it right away. Ryan day though, tells players they got to be an iPhone. Uh, we, we talk about it and have the last couple of weeks of it's like the, the iPhone and hopefully they, they kind of <laughs> understand it like that. You know, whatever iPhone this is, iPhone 14, 15, 16, it's not the same one it was, you know, four years ago. And that's outdated. Uh, you have to continue to upgrade every week because, um, you know, you have to be a better, better version of yourself. You have to do things more efficiently. You have to be able to bring something new to the table. That's part of being a good football player. Mm, so those upgrades, baby. You got to upgrade it. I like that. That's something that we could use, the iPhone. Here's another one from Ryan Day. We know... This is the last home game of the season. It, it really does. I mean, this is my life motto, right? When we get, it's, it's a time compressor. That's how I view things. You've heard me before. When you get to football season, close your eyes, blink twice, nights, weekends, football all over the place, almost every day of the week, especially if you're a Mac guy or gal and you got the midweek Maction. Christmas is literally like two weeks away when you get to the first football game of the season, late August, early September. It's really like two weeks. I think we could have scientists figure that out. It's not the normal period of time. There's no way it could be. We're in some kind of vacuum. And Ryan Day, he talks about the guys that matter the most, the ones that are going to be playing their last football games at the shoe on Saturday. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about who those guys are. Just so accountable. Just guys you can you can you can believe in, you can count on. And you know, when guys are young, you try to tell them what accountability means. You people throw that around a lot, but you know, it's just you you, you can trust that they're going to be there every day. And they have shown up every single day. Nick has been through a lot in his career. Thayer's been through a ton in his career. But they you know injuries and different things that have come up. But they just show up every day. Uh, they don't make it about them. They're unselfish. They're team players. They love Ohio State. They solve problems. They got great leadership. I mean, I can't say enough about both of those guys. Yeah, that's outstanding. I, I want to just send out my congratulations to every single Buckeye football player that has poured their heart and soul into this team this year. I, I absolutely loved getting to hear from Chris Booker this week, and we're going to listen to a bit more of him on Friday's show tomorrow where we're going to get a full two hours, so look forward to that. Here's uh, his thoughts on C.J. Stroud leading the Heisman conversation. Well, I think uh, you know at this time of year, you, know, you start focusing on those type of things. You get yourself distracted, as, as you said, so uh, we won't spend much time talking about it. But that being said, you know I, I think his production speaks for itself. Uh, I think there's also – um, you know, he missed a game 
There's also some games he was out early on in some of the lopsided games. And, you know, he was a, you know, first time he'd never thrown a, a college pass going into the Minnesota game. So to see his development and his level of play right now is significant. Um, and so if he continues on the path he's on, then I think he's a very strong candidate. Uh, but it's only only going to work if we keep building, keep strong, keep preparing like I know he's doing. I'd say this, man. I mean, you cannot come up and you actually got two clips from the Ryan Day radio show and one from the lightning round where he gets with the media afterwards. So there you go. Everything was everything clicks. If if you're going to be fully intact for championship season, be able to do all the things that you really want to do. The best sidebar story could be, oh, yeah, we got a guy that's in the running for the Heisman Trophy. I think there's been some years where I thought Dwayne Haskins should have had it. I, I really did, just based on what he did and not really being able to do anything about how poor Ohio State's defense was and everything that C.J. Stroud has done, having a little uh, injury mixed in the middle or mixed into the beginning quarter of the season, whatever you want to call it, and he's got all these opportunities ahead of him. He's already the front runner. Imagine what he could do. You could widen the gap right here. So it is really cool to see not having one since Troy Smith. We got to talk some Buckeye hoops before we end this little uh, quick podcast. I love the fact that they're playing this game. And you know, whenever you listen to this podcast, whether it's after Ohio State and Xavier play or, or it's Friday morning, whenever you get it done, it, it doesn't matter. Could speak generally about it. We could speak generally about it or just get into the nuts and bolts of the games. I I think Ohio State is going to go down. That's just my prediction. They're favored by a couple of points in this one. This is an electric atmosphere where the word that the, the exact words Chris Holtman used to describe it. He's familiar with it. Coached there a lot when he was at Butler. I love that they're going there, that they're going here. I'm also saddened that we're talking about it being the fifth matchup in history. And really the last two since 19, since 1950. And that's where the, you know, college basketball reference page stopped keeping track. They're both postseason, So you didn't set up either of them. And this one's kind of the Gavin games. You're not really setting this one up either. At least you are going to a home gym. And it's amazing. This is amazing for Ohio college basketball fans. There's too many game opportunities on the schedule to not have this happen a little bit more. That's my thing. I think everybody that, that grew up watching ball in this state and that loves it deserves to see some of this great early season action where it feels like a postseason environment just to have them playing. And it's not going to kill you if you lose. It really isn't. I think Ohio State's going to lose. I do. I think the Big East guards that they have, they just seem better in that conference. Watching Seton Hall the other day tough it out over Michigan with Roden and Bryce Aiken. Those guys are phenomenal. Watching St. John's push Indiana to the brink. They look good. I mean, and don't forget, like, the Big East is dominating this event this year. But I'm looking at Colby Jones, the sophomore, and Paul Scruggs really is the one guy that's just doing everything for them off the start of the season. Just a couple games in the in the pocket there, but he's up at over 20 points per game. He's their EJ right now, and he's he hits the glass. He sees the court. He plays defense. He's just all over the place. He's a phenomenal player. So that's something that you got to worry about. And the two things that I worry about is continuing to get into the, the teeth of your schedule or just getting into the teeth of your schedule, and you do not have justice suing, and you are going on the road for the first time really since 2019, 2020. You didn't get it last year in the pandemic season. Nobody was there. 
Chris Holman talked about that the other day. I think uh, given the COVID year, I think you've seen some of that, uh, how unique it's been. I think it could be in, at times, you know, hopefully we'll settle in. I'm sure it could, in times it could be a shock to our system, but hopefully we'll settle in and find the way to focus on kind of the task at hand. That's really the challenge for, for athletes and coaches. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got to talk about the injury to Justice Suing. There was a release today. I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, you hardcore Buckeye basketball fans saw it. And we knew from early this week that the storylines on Justice Suing were bad. You know, he's going to be out sometime. When I'll just play it here in the Bowling Green post game. When he's asked if Suing's injury, at the time we thought it was the groin, right? We kept hearing about the lower body, the groin issue that was stemming from last season. Nursed it, got it back to almost full health in the offseason. Something happened before the Ole Miss game, the exhibition. We're back to not necessarily square one, but back to trying to heal it while you're in the process of a season. But listen to the wording. He was asked if Suing's injury is season-ending. This was Holtman. Yeah, I don't know right now that it's um, season-ending. It... uh... I think is significant, but I don't know what to make of that. He repeated season ending, which got me to stop at that time. That was Monday night and then ended it with significant. And now we find out he's going to be out an extended period of time. This is very tough, very tough for Buckeye basketball. It's an abdominal strain, not an abdominal injury. I don't know if it's strain is the right term. I don't want to go anything but what the what the release said. So that's it. Suing out for an extended period of time. Chris Holtman said, we look forward to getting justice back when he is healthy. I'm disappointed for him because I know how much he's looking forward to his senior year. I know he will rest rehab and be ready to go when he is healthy. Wondering if it's Seth Towns or justice suing now who shows up first. I think maybe I'm at least planning on maybe January for when you're going to get him back. He needs to rest and recover from this. So we don't do something again to it. And Malachi Eugene Brown, Justin Orange, guys are going to have to step up. They are going to have to step up in his absence because Holtman also said they were planning on a 100% justice suing. And a lot of what they were going to do was going to be with him in mind. So he's out now and you're going to have to do whatever you can do to win some of these games because critical non-conference games, Seton Hall, possibly Florida, Duke, Kentucky, you can make a tournament resume just off that alone before you even show up to the Big Ten schedule. Then you have more chances there. And if you're a top 20 team, you got to be able to make do when one of your big guys is out. I just feel bad because it feels like every year now with Chris Holman in this basketball program, they have missed a key guy. It's always something, missing key guys. But I just want to say in closing, This matchup is awesome. It gets you to reminisce, of course, about the NCAA tournament game, one of the most iconic shots in Buckeye basketball history. Ron Lewis knocking it down. It's Matt Sylvester and it's Ron Lewis, right? A little bit of Gus never hurt anybody. Connolly, five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. He ties it at 62. Two seconds to go. Lavender, three-quarter court. And we're going to overtime in Lexington. <laughs> College basketball, CBS Sports. This is March Madness. <laughs> and we're winding down this podcast in Columbus. <laughs> Just great, man. Xavier and the Bucks. 
What a way to start off the non-conference. It's going to be a long basketball season. We got a long way to go and a lot to learn about these guys. I'm glad they're in the top 20. I'm glad they're highly thought of. Now you're going to have to make do with some injury situations and figure out a way to get to that ceiling. Hopefully you just have to buy some time before guys come back, your squads together again, and then you're ready for January, February, March. And that's the most important time. So long as you can put together that tournament resume in the meantime. So again, appreciate you listening. I went longer than I thought on just a little podcast only version. You're only listening to this on the podcast. This was never on the air. Thursday, November 18th, it was all Buckeye basketball. We cut in to Common Man and T-Bone show again. I love these early tip times. Tip it off early. Two-hour basketball games, weeknight affairs. It's part of the reason I love the sport so damn much. You can get on with your day. You can get on with your night. And then just when you say that, the 9 and the 9.30 tip-offs will start hitting us. And for a guy that does post-game, that didn't help much. I still love it, though. Still absolutely love it. So, again, enjoys. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Buckeye Show podcast right here. A goodbye.